Good evening, and welcome back to CEC here at Impact Gospel Ministries, where each week we try to bring you meaningful questions and discussions to encourage you and help improve and grow your faith in Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for joining us week after week. Today we are continuing with our Kingdom Living series, Lesson 2, The Victorious Life. And this is a topic that I'm very passionate about, so I'm really excited to get into the lesson tonight. And so, Pastor Riley, I hand it over to you. Well, good evening, my friends and fellow students. I'm so happy that we're able to get together on this evening. A little bit on our off evening, but, you know, uh, I picked the wrong evening to be sick. Uh, I couldn't get it right, so please forgive me. You know, but no harm done. The word of God still reigns. And this evening we will indeed talk about the victorious life. Uh, our resources, we will use the new, uh, something from the New King James Version, the Message Bible, and uh, a few notes from Max Lucado. Uh, let's pray. Oh dear, Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for your goodness, your mercy, your God, and God alone, there's no one to compare to you. And Father, your words are like food and life to us. And so, God, as we dig in your words, may your anointing be on each one. May your Holy Spirit open to our hearts and our minds, God, uh, your words such that they speak to us and teach us how to walk, how to live, and how to rejoice in your name. Heavenly Father, have your way this evening. And may your name be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we're going to begin by reading First uh, John chapter 5, uh, five verses from there, 1 to 5, and I'm reading the New King James Version. And it reads like this, Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves him who begot also loves him who is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world, but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Amen. So we look at the situation uh, as set up with a, a few notes from Max Lucado. Uh, he writes like this, John has just concluded a prolonged discussion on the love of God and how we can recognize those who belong to him by the love of God they show to others. John now expounds on this idea by showing that those who have faith in Jesus likewise belong to God. John acknowledges that as believers in Christ, we have a real and powerful enemy who seeks to surround us with deceptive ideologies. However, we do not need to fear because we can know we belong to God and we have put our faith in the one who overcomes the world. So we open up for discussion. Our society is built on fierce competition and I'm sure all of you will agree and of course some things might come to mind, your sports team, your uh, times in school when you competed in spelling bee, those bright students out there. 
and uh, various other competitions. And we, we go in there to win. We don't, we don't go in trying to just be. You're competing. You want to win. So we know about competitions. And to the victors belong the spoil. Even a simple board game. You know, those of you out there who are Domino fans, I've heard some fierce competition with people who play dominoes. Mm-hmm. Now, a question for you. Is there a great achievement in your life that you would like to share where you have seen yourself as being victorious and triumphant? By you, do you mean you? Or by you, do you mean our, our viewers? Or I am, I am so happy to pass the buck. <laughs> but if you think about it, if you think about it, have you ever been in a competition where you are come out the winner and uh, the feeling you get. I've been in a few and I've, uh, I must tell you, the feeling of victory, it's profound. Mm-hmm. You know, it overwhelms you. It changes your life. You don't even walk on the ground to go home. You kind of step at a different level. You know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, victory is important. And so when we look at our our spiritual life we also want to be victorious over the enemy who is always Mm -hmm. trying to deceive us and there's one point before we go on to uh, question one you know always share when you do uh, overcome or have gone over an obstacle share it with others your testimony also helps to encourage others because they are thinking if you can do it so can I Amen. that 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 top speed that Hussein Bolt has run there will be many aiming to break that mm-hmm. that record why they are aiming on it because now they know it is possible for a man to do that it's the same thing with our spiritual walk if I know that you can make it I am encouraged to continue on my way. Oh, preach, preach. Amen, amen. Oh, sorry. I, I, <laughs> I don't want to take the podium this evening, you know. So question one, since your mind have all been stimulated and excited, how would you describe a pretender? He's not really in the game, but he, you know, he makes believe that he's in the game. How would you describe who a pretender is, in your opinion, and have you come across any in church or among your Christian friends? Okay, what a really, really big question to start the night off with. Okay, um, any pretenders? And by pretenders, you mean people who like to imitate living a victorious life or those who are imitating faith altogether? They... they the ones who would say, I am living a victorious life, but they don't know that they are not. <laughs> yeah, there's, of course we come across those people. I think there are some who, <laughs> their idea of the perfect Christian life is very different than other people's idea of the perfect Christian life. So you might have one sect feeling, yes, this is exactly what we're intended to do. We are living the life that Christ intended for us. And they don't know that they're pretending, or they don't know that they're not living in the fullness. Mm. 
mm-hmm. and then you have other people who know what the standard is choose to live below the standard and choose to portray a slightly higher standard than they're living and those people we've also come across where they make you feel like you're not doing all the things that i am doing but then you see other things that they're not doing it's i would say it's rampant it's everywhere unfortunately so jesus must have been on to something then because in the scriptures he said you know first get the the moat meaning a small speck mm-hmm. out of your eye before you can see the beam in your brother's eye. Yes. So we are a lot of times, uh, we have been in school where we have uh, uh, friends that brag a lot. You know, even in adult circles, you hear guys who go out and fish, they're always telling you uh, that fish is so big they can't even lift it, it can't fit in the truck. It might be a really small thing, but we like to build up because uh, we want it to appear as great. But many times the person who says, I love you, you know, it doesn't take long for, for you to feel the opposite of what they, <laughs> what they tell you they're feeling for you. You know, the action start telling. So we look at them as pretenders. Here's another one. You know, I don't know how many of you out there believe in being filled with the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. as a definite experience. You know, in speaking in other tongues as uh, the power of God moving you, just like on the day of Pentecost. Mm-hmm. But there are those who would believe that others are faking it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they make something up. They, they are not really... They have not really had the experience, so they make something up, so they don't seem to be less than those who are. But it is not a measure of how strong or mature you are. It is a, really a gift Amen. from Almighty God. Mm-hmm. And so we receive it humbly when He does give it to us. Amen. So pretending is not beneficial, is it? No, not usually. Yeah. I mean, when the master show up, remember the guy in the, in, the, in the crowd that he said, friend, how come you don't have on a wedding garment? You know, we want to be ready, prepared. If we are not experiencing it, we need to talk to somebody and see really what am I missing. Mm-hmm. Amen. So we can really get the, the full and good salvation. Praise the Lord. Another question for you. John says in verse 3 that God's commands are not burdensome. Do you agree with this statement? And if you do, why or why not? Let's talk. You know, it reminds me of a really good question someone asked in our church a couple of months ago. And I think it really divided people's opinions. He framed it kind of like this question, but differently. Is it easy to do the will of God? Mm -hmm. And some of us thought, we thought, we thought. Approximately 50-50, half Sam said, yes, if it's God's will, he makes way, he gives provision, it's easy to do the will of God. Other half said, mm, but we, we need to strive and, you know, there's things that come against us and so sometimes it's hard to do the will of God. So there are people on both sides of the issue. So then, 
when we feel like that, we tend to, we got to go back to the word of God. Mm-hmm. The, the, the one who gave you the Lord, how does he see it? And when we look in, uh, according to John, in verse 3, he said, For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandment, and his commandments are not burdensome. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Remember, John was the one that, it is often said, is the beloved disciple. And he's saying, it's not grievous. Remember, John uh, outlived all the other apostles. They were, they were martyred before him. But he still looked at it and he said, his commands are not burdensome. But in, to, in, in today's life, mm-hmm. to be honest, when we look at the struggles we go through, we are more tempted to, uh, to, to slap somebody than to uh, give him a helping hand. The, 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 the instinct of the flesh is to defend and uh, take revenge and stuff like that. Then when we measure it against the scripture, we start to feel like it's, it's really difficult to maintain that line. But the scripture said it's not burdensome. So then there's a disconnect when we find ourselves experiencing difficulty to do the will of God. Amen. So what would you say would be some of the things that would make it hard when it shouldn't be? Because in my opinion, and I, and I base it on my experiences, there's a battle going on with us. It's a battle between our own fleshly desires and what our tendencies are and uh, with, uh, with the command of God and what we, we know is right and what God is calling us to. I believe Paul was the one who said, when I want to do good, evil presents itself. Mm-hmm. So there's a, there's a battle going on. Now, when our fleshy side is winning, when our own desires are winning, you know that the spirit side is going down. So when the spirit side is going down, the battle is harder because the poor spirit cannot handle the overweight flesh here. But the scripture calls us to walk in the spirit and not to fulfill the lust. In other words, not to give in <laughs> to what the flesh is always crying out for. Right. So when, when, when we lose the battle, or we are losing the battle, or we are not putting up much of an effort, we are, not, we are not digging deep and seeking the Lord and trying to draw closer. We are not putting in, so to speak. So then while we are getting back, we become really weak and we become like yo-yo for the enemy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My opinion. Sure. Mm-hmm. Is, am I from the old school? <laughs> you could say that, but it still boils down to you got to win. You've got to win. You've got to overcome. You've got to have the victory. Victory over what? Victory over what? Victory over this flesh and the enemy would always want us to to perish. Jesus brought us eternal life, but the enemy wants us to lose it, to lose out on it. If he wins, we lose. Mm But with Christ, we are victors. So we would want to draw closer to him at all times. 
And you know, often we, even in our situation we read earlier in the lesson, statements like, you know, we have a real and powerful enemy who's surrounding us and always coming after us. And it makes us feel like we are fighting a very formidable foe mm -hmm. and all the emotions and doubts that come with that. You know, am I going to be able to fend off these things when they come? Am I going to be good enough or strong enough? But I think we underemphasize how great and how powerful our God is. True, you true. know, if we focus on how great and mighty our God is, we wouldn't say we have a mighty or a powerful enemy. Mm -hmm. If we really understood that all power is given unto him, mm -hmm. you know, that he was the creator of the earth, the comparison of the power of the enemy over the power of him who is in us and with us and behind us, mm -hmm. you know, there's no comparison. That's right. And so then all of a sudden, if you really believe that all power and might is behind, is the, in the one who is with you and behind you, mm -hmm. then also the emotions and the thoughts come along with that. You know mm -hmm. what? This is possible. I can do it because I have him with me. He's on my side. Mm -hmm. So no, this is not going to be as bad as I think it is because of the ability of the one who is with me. True, true. And just like we talk about uh, us in Bolt raising the bar, mm -hmm. when Jesus Christ, the Son of God, walked this earth uh, as human, he also tells us, don't worry. Say, have no fear. He said, the enemy is going around like a, you know, like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He would desire to sift you. But he said, don't worry. I have overcome the world. So he has set the bar. And he's saying, I have overcome. Because I live, now you live. And so because our Savior is victorious, mm. we expect and we claim victory because he promised us in that he says, where is the, the sting of death? Mm -hmm. Grave, where is the victory? Right? He had bound that. He had overpowered that. And so because of that, you and I, this day can live victorious life for it. I like that comparison. And the idea of that raising the bar. The level of victory, the expected level of victory in the Old Testament is much lower than the level of expected victory, victory in the New Testament. Amen. Because Jesus said, I have overcome the world. Amen. Raise Amen. the bar. I like that. Amen. I've done it. Wonderful. Wonderful. How does Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30 support John's statement in verse 3? So Matthew 11, uh, 28 to 30. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart. You will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Whoa! Whoa! It's like he just laid it all out there for us to, to understand. Amen. So... When we think it's burdensome, could it be that we are confusing the issue, confusing what our walk is, what Christ expects of us, what he requires of us? After all, he does say, come. Hmm. Take my yoke upon you. In other words, let me control you. Mm -hmm. Let me 
lead you where I want you to go. And that leading and that uh, charge that I would put on you, it, the, the altar that I use, the yoke, it is easy. And whatever burden I give you, it is light. Yeah. Now, when we claim otherwise, uh, when we claim otherwise, we are, <laughs> I don't know if I should say, we are kind of, are we kind of? No. We are making Christ alive. That's the truth. You're not walking in belief. That's right. If he himself says, either you don't believe what he said, or you're claiming another type of salvation. But if that's what he laid out and he said, it is easy and the burden is light, then it should be our question, what are we missing? What am I missing? Mm -hmm. Why does it feel so hard? Am I missing something? Right. And maybe there's an answer to that. That will enlighten you or enlighten me. Yeah, I think it's a good... It's a good question to ask ourselves, something to always keep in mind. And a great segue into the next question, which is... What does it mean when believers talk about living a victorious life? Oh. Is it just where there's no more struggle? Or is there you know, another aspect... To this life that we we need to talk about living a victorious life victorious over what mm -hmm. conquering what winning what you know it brought to mind where the the scripture teaches us that if any man come after me let him deny himself daily take up his cross and follow me. Now when we consider, this is how I compare it when I read that, uh, when we consider the struggle Jesus had under the cross that he, he traveled with to Golgotha to be crucified, the agony that he suffered, the pain that he was under, that burden that he was under, that we all know the cross was not easy. Mm -hmm. he's, and he's saying, each of us should take up our own cross daily and follow me. In other words, you're going to have trials. You're going to have tests. You're going to be burdened at times. You're going to be feeling pain and aches at times. Yeah. But if you, you, as a victorious life would be, we keep carrying that cross. Jesus did not stop part way and go no I am not going to bother with it I just can't make it up that hill mm -hmm. he would groan but he would still press onward to that hill even when they got somebody to carry the cross he still had to walk that road when they nailed him to the cross he was still willing to be there if he didn't want to be there the scripture said he could call legions of angels and they would have delivered him Yes. so so uh, a victorious life is to walk daily. We will have uh, our normal human tendencies. For example, if I, if I lie to Gavin, <laughs> we all know Christians don't lie, right? Mm -hmm. But if, if in the weakness of the moment, I lie to Gavin, there should be something in me that I know exactly the wrong that I did. You would hope, yeah. So then, what do I do? I go back to Gavin. 
Hopefully not in a long time. But go back to Gavin and say, you know what I told you earlier, that's not true. Mm-hmm. Right? The truth is this. Making it right. That's victory. But if Gavin comes back and say, you, you had told me that uh, uh, you had moved the cup. You sure you're right? Yes, I moved it. You, you insist on the lie. You even tell another lie to make that lie look stronger. Then you're not victorious where that part of your life is concerned. So one aspect of it is having victory over the, the tendency or the struggle of sin. That's right. And like you said, it's not that there won't be a struggle, but that we will come out victorious. When a champion enters and fights, it's not that there is no fight. It's that he's always the victor in the fight. That's right. And I think if we take to heart verses like Romans 8, 37, Mm -hmm. uh, in the New Living Translation, it says, Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. Amen. I think we need to get some of those words on the inside of us to help us believe that, you know what, it's... The fight might come, the struggle might exist, but we are overcomers. Overwhelming victory has been given to us. That's right. That's right. And and there's a little thing called repentance that we do have. And another little key called prayer. Of course. He said, you shouldn't sin or you can't sin, but if you do, Mm -hmm. if you do, you have an advocate with the Father. In other words, you have somebody you can come to and make it right. So victory is not that you you're not gonna a victorious life is not that you're gonna you're not gonna make mistakes you're not gonna slip you're not gonna err that's not what this is about but what it means is that you will not let sin reign over you mm-hmm. so when when the enemy bombards you and breaks in and you see it for what it is open it out make it right reveal it it's okay to to step back and say, you know, I was wrong. I shouldn't have said this. There you got the victory. You might feel shamefaced, mm-hmm. but spiritually, oh, you're uplifted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm walking in faith too, right? Trusting God despite the circumstance, knowing that you know, God's words are true and his promises are true. So no matter what the circumstance is, we can still have faith in God and trust him to come through for us. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Absolutely. Praise the Lord. So there's, and there's so much to this to talk about because we have this uh, very individual mission or fight against the wiles of the enemy and sin in our own life. Mm-hmm. And then like was mentioned, the promises of God aren't only just for us individually, but for us corporately, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. as a, a, an entire family of God. Mm-hmm. So our, our fight is not just for us ourselves, but also us versus the enemy That's right. in terms of what he's trying to do and dis- destroy in the world. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's our individual mission to, to be holy, righteous, you know, honoring to God. And then there's our other mission to bring to nothing the works of the enemy, you mm-hmm. know, to, to defeat the devil and his schemes and set the captives free and all those different things. Mm-hmm. And so if you think about, say, your relatives, mm-hmm. people who might be 
might be bound by things like depression or anxiety. Part of our victory would be helping them overcome that stronghold of the enemy. Amen. If you have people who are sick, who are you know, being held down by sickness or pain, you know, part of our victory is breaking that sickness off of those who, who we love and, and bringing Christ's victory into their lives, which would mean being healed. Which Amen. means helping them overcome all Amen. the obstacles the enemy has thrown their way as well. Amen. And, and in, 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 in doing like this, we, we, we create a network mm-hmm. of being able to watch one for another. Mm-hmm. That's funny. That's exactly what the Word of God said. Yeah. Watch he one for another. A thought occurred to me as well. Mm-hmm. One of the best strategy any army, any fighting force uh, would love to pull off is to, is to know that the enemy is there, right? And whatever the enemy is planning to attack, they can counteract that because they outguess it, they would plan for it, and they can make what we call preemptive strike. Amen. You can get them before it started. And uh, while I was thinking about this, that's why we pray. I mean, we wake up in the morning, we give God thanks for waking us up. We, we call out to him and worship him. But also we, 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 we preemptively ask God to keep us in his way. And, and you see, that's where faith comes in. You're, you're asking God, God, let me not fall prey to the enemy. Mm-hmm. If we have faith that God is listening, you got to step out that, you know, I have talked to God this morning and I am not going to fall prey to the enemy. Preemptive course. strike. So you're asking God, even David in the Psalm said, Lord, keep me from presumptuous sins. That's preemptive strike. Mm-hmm. Lord, don't let me walk contrary to you. Yeah. Amen. Another part of that is being humble, right? Because um, the Bible tells us in James that God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So be humble in our spirit and guard our hearts and our minds of what we let into our minds and our thoughts Mm -hmm. and in our hearts, keeping him pure before God. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. And when we understand it, that we are all relying on Christ to live victoriously, then we start to see him in a whole different light. Like without him really, is there any victory? Mm-hmm. Even things he mentions like the power of life and death is in the tongue. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, not undermining the victory that you've prayed for Amen. by speaking negative words or speaking death into situations true true you know, being very conscious of the words being life speakers you know telling speaking good things over your brothers and sisters speaking life and 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 favor and prosperity in your situations amen. over your finances amen. you know we sometimes like you said do the prayer and pray the victory in and then undo it by speaking death into the situation. We have to line up our prayers <laughs> and our, our speech with our hearts and with Jesus as well. And then we would say, he did not answer my prayer. <laughs> and blame God for and it. Yeah, exactly. For it. But you are, we ourselves nullify it. God must be so confused sometimes with us. He must laugh sometimes with us. Mm-hmm. So that, that's really good. We have 
overcoming sin, you know, making sure you're living right, repenting, living holy. We have using prayer, especially the preemptive types to, to keep you even before the things happen. We have, you know, being humble and, and, and submitting yourself to the will of God. And we have speaking life over your situations and your loved ones. All as aspects that help us walk in victory. Amen. Amen. That's excellent. What a wonderful God we serve. Mm-hmm. Amen. Even today, Christians suffer persecution at the hands of others. Whoa. Given this, how can John claim that being a child of God gives you victory over the world? Victory over the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Victory over the world. Now, do you think he's talking about the globe? <laughs> you know, maybe he's referring to, in general, the, the kingdom of darkness, perhaps. You know, the devil and his followers, as mm-hmm. opposed to God and his followers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Mm-hmm. So, so then, uh, uh, if Christians are being persecuted by the world... Mm-hmm. You know, but yet still we are we are we are promised that we would have victory over the world. Now let let, let us just flesh out a little bit of worldly things. Mm-hmm. Worldly things would be like the attraction that this world holds, the yep. fun, the joy. You know, uh, some people might become addicted to certain substances and you know feel like I cannot help it. I cannot. You know, it's like it's more powerful than I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, to me, according to the scripture, God gives us victory over those. Amen. Over those. No matter what the world will throw away, they can persecute you, they can push you down, but they cannot make you lose your salvation if you put your trust in God. If you are leaning on Him, this world cannot overpower you that's mm-hmm. why we don't have to live in fear we just have to be watchful and vigilant amen you know being obedient uh, to the will of god yeah you you definitely echo exactly what the scripture says in romans 8 again 35 to 37 it says who question is who shall separate us from the love of christ mm-hmm. shall any tribulation or anguish persecution or famine, nakedness or peril or sword. Even as it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long, we are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Praise the Lord God. Thank you for your words. Thank you for this empowerment. Thank you for the victory. Right. Amen. Right. Amen. See, it can be done. It can be done. Not because of who we are, but because of who he is. Who he is. Exactly. Ah, Let's talk about the old word. In what way is obedience to God tied to victorious living? Obedience comes back again, huh? Mm. I think there are things God has set out for us to do. There are promises he has given us, conditions he has set in our salvation. Mm-hmm. Part of obedience is following those things. It's like, you know, if you do this, I promise to give you this. Victor- victory has been provided for if 
you do certain things. Part of obedience is doing those certain things. That's right. Life essentials. <laughs> Life essentials. Uh, even in his word, he said, obedience is better than sacrifice. Right? Obedience is better than sacrifice. If we look at today, we are not gonna, going out to kill a goat to make sacrifice. Thank but we the bring, Lord. We, <laughs> I mean, we would love good, you know. We, we wouldn't know what to do with it, but not sacrificing it. <laughs> so we bring our worship. When we, when we bow before him, that's the sacrifice we're bringing to him. The song says we bring sacrifice of praise mm -hmm. into the house of the Lord. But then when you compare that, because we would say, yeah, you got to worship. Oh, you must worship. It's all in worship. But then he said obedience is still greater it is. than that. He's saying not to worship. But he's showing that obedience to him mm -hmm. is way greater than, uh, than the sacrifice we make or the worship we do before the Lord. So, Because Jesus himself was obedient. He was obedient even to the death of, of the cross. cross. Amen. That's an example for us. Amen. 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 Mm -hmm. And if our big brother done it, mm -hmm. and he's the way, and he's the truth, and he's the life, he knows the way to salvation, to eternal life, then we should listen to him. Of course. Amen. Amen. Some Christians came to our faith, but experience dull and ordinary lives. You know, this is challenging. Others came to our faith and live lives of adventure and excitement. What makes the difference? What makes the difference? Mm. <laughs> James, we all know, says faith without works is dead. Okay. So if your faith doesn't produce any results, if it doesn't do anything for you, you will not experience the victory. Mm -hmm. And so the question says some claim to have faith but experience dull and ordinary lives. So James would say, if you claim to have faith, but don't see any results, your faith is actually dead. You don't actually have the living faith, which is required right. to live a victorious life. Right. So what's the difference? First, we need to have active faith, living mm -hmm. faith. Mm -hmm. Our faith can't be dead. And James says part of that is doing the word, not hearing it only, Amen. but also Doing what the Lord doing says. Doing what the Lord says. You know, that also ties back into the obedience you talk, you were talking about. Amen. You know, if we believe, but it doesn't change our actions. Mm -hmm. If we claim to believe, but it doesn't affect our words or it doesn't affect our living, mm -hmm. then it is of no effect. That's right. So we have to let the word of God change us, change our, our actions, our words. It should move us to do things or do things differently mm -hmm. in order for a victory to become part of what we're doing. If you don't do anything, how are you going to change anything? Yeah. And vic the word victory by nature implies that there's some sort of struggle, confrontation, or fight. So if you're not doing anything, you're not engaged in the struggle, you're not engaged in the fight, then there's no way for you to overcome. Being passive does not lead to victory. That's right. And so God has called us to an active faith, and victory is the reward for those who are living in active faith. Amen. 
I, I'll, I'll take your minds back to when the Oilers won the first Stanley Cup here. Oilers used to win Stanley Cups? Oh. <laughs> oh. I tease, I'm teasing. When they won it, when they won that cup, Edmonton was not prepared for what would take place. Mm-hmm. All the bars emptied out. <laughs> I mean, everywhere that people were watching, there was huge celebration in the city. And when they made that parade for them, mm-hmm. there was nobody cursing them of how lazy they were as they'd done some nights. <laughs> they were parading down the road each Every person cheering them and they're feeling like they're on top of the world. That's a victory. Mm-hmm. Why they can celebrate so well is because they just fought a battle. Just like you're saying. Mm-hmm. You cannot experience uh, the joy of winning something or being victorious over something if you never had a battle. Mm-hmm. When the battle taking place and we are, especially when it could go either way. When you come out on top, oh man, yes. you feel good. So you see when, even in our spiritual walk, when, when you have overcome, when God has helped you over a hump, oh man, you're walking on cloud nine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's, there's a difference in your step. Of course. The joy just pouring out into you. And other people can see it. Amen. And so when, when your brother and sister see that in you and when you testify of how God came through for you, it uplift them too because they're they're thinking if God had done it for this one, mm-hmm. Lord, what about me? In 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 the scripture we read in in First John five and verse four, it said, "For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith." Mm-hmm. So if we don't, if we are not gonna have faith. Come on now. Victory is never going to happen for mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. Your faith means your, uh, according to Hebrews 11, is the substance of things hoped for. The thing that you really want. Mm-hmm. But, but you have evidence that you have received it, but you haven't seen it. I hope that makes sense. <laughs> it's like you have it in your hand, but you cannot see it. Because you are so sure God is going to do it for you. That is faith. Yeah, Hebrews 11.1 is a a great verse. And I love reading it in all the different translations because they use the words in different ways that give you different pictures. Mm -hmm. You know, in the NLT, it says it's the reality of what we hope for. And like you said, it's the evidence of things you can't see. Right. In the Amplified, it says it's the assurance, literally the title deed. Mm-hmm. of the things he hoped for and the evidence, the conviction of the reality that it's going to be. Like, Amen. when you have the title deed of the car, mm-hmm. even if you don't see the card yet, the title deed is proof that it's yours and that you can go pick it up. It belongs yeah. to you, even though you don't see it yet. Mm-hmm. This is your assurance. Even if they call you on the phone and they tell you all of that, you're not going to say, I hope I get a car. You're going to say, my car is is at the dealership and they're yes. washing it. And when you walk in, 
<laughs> You're asking, where is it? I already have it. Give Amen. it to me. Amen. Very Amen. good. Amen. Nice analogy. Praise the Lord. Oh, victory, victory, victory. I like stirring up the minds. Mm -hmm. This is the way we, we get to dig deeper. Uh, so here's a, a real story for you. If you were the enemy, mm -hmm. and this is all personalized stuff, I, I think, but we can have a discussion on it. If you were the enemy, what vulner, vulnerabilities would you exploit in your life? Remember, you know your life. You know how you are. You know what makes you angry. You know what you know, makes you so disappointed that you would want to give up. If you were the enemy, what vulnerabilities would you exploit in your life? <laughs> and when we think of it, in other words, if you put yourself in enemy space, you know exactly how to break into your house. Right. Right? Now, if you know that, what does this tell you? <laughs> what does this tell you about where you need to fortify your spiritual defenses? If, if I like to use a house because physical thing. If you know there's a window that is always warped, no matter how you lock the door, you know, there's a window, you just can't lock it, but you know, you know, nobody's gonna guess that it's open. So you come in and you forgot your key, guess where you would head? To that window. So if you were thinking like the enemy, you would be thinking if they could find a window, they could get in. Mm -hmm. So if you know the enemy can get in through that window, Whose fault is it if the enemy breaks in through that window? It's <laughs> <laughs> a good question. Oh. It's like we have to also be aware of where our weaknesses are, where our Amen. vulnerabilities are Amen. for ourselves, Amen. and maybe even Christians as a whole. Mm -hmm. So maybe, okay. They say... Sweeping North America mm -hmm. is this notion that the devil doesn't really exist. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That is a super effective tactic of the enemy. You bet. Because like we just said, if you aren't even engaged in the fight, there's no chance for you to win the fight. Mm -hmm. So what better way to overcome for the enemy to try and overcome us than by trying to make people believe that he's not even working? Talk about undercover operation. Well, exactly. <laughs> so that, that's the main thing we have to guard against. And then the other thing is, okay, you believe there's heaven, you believe there's hell, God and the devil. Mm -hmm. And you go to church and you hear the word, but then you do nothing with it for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. That is also mm -hmm. a wonderful strategy of the enemy. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. if your faith doesn't do anything, if... You're, you're changed if you aren't living in victory, then you and <laughs> the scripture says you believe in God, congratulations. That's so right. does the devil and his demons. Right. Ha you have to do something different Amen. than them. I'm, I'm going to go off, so I'm just going to stop. Amen. And just... Amen. Amen. And you see, when you know what your weaknesses are, you also learn how to walk. Mm -hmm. If, for example, you know that you cannot walk barefoot, barefooted outside because the rocks just too painful for your feet. Yes. 
if you if you are barefooted, you're not gonna walk Mm-mm. on the rocky path because you know there's a weakness here. There's a weakness there. No, I'm gonna suffer. I, I take it even further. I am partially scared of height. Okay. Mind you, I said partially. Mm-hmm. I noticed. <laughs> I, noticed. <laughs> I noticed. You know, I can go up so high and I'm good, and then any any higher than that, I'm nervous. Right? Now, if I know that height is my weakness, if I'm going to build a house and I'm going to put it on the, on the top of the hill in Banff and I'm scared of height, I'm not doing myself any favor. <laughs> no. <laughs> because every time I step out of my house, I am nervous. Spiritually, when we know the things that tend to easily beset us, the scripture says, mm. we guard against them. We don't put ourselves in a position to fail. Exactly. We don't keep walking in the enemy's territory and go, I can't help it. You know, I, I smell the coffee and I'm gone. <laughs> so don't walk where you smell the coffee. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? If somebody push you where you smell the coffee, that's an entirely yes. different story. But you, of your own self, you learn how to walk and not walk in the way the enemy can easily lure you in. You fix that window. Absolutely. You fix that, oh Lord, I am weak, but you are mighty. God, my weakness is this. Every time this happens, God, I am gone this way, but Lord, strengthen me. Help me to be strong in these areas. You know, you remind me of uh, even, you know, breaching a house, but also breaching armor. Amen. It is way too late to mention this. But just think, soldiers, army, people in the army take a lot of care, go to great lengths to make sure their equipment, their armor, their uniform is well maintained. Mm -hmm. What good is a breastplate if you have a hole right in the side? That is something the enemy is going to take definite advantage of. True, true. Better yet, so you have this armor from 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. but hasn't been maintained. It's starting to rust. Mm-hmm. Then also, you know, it's not as strong as it should be because you haven't upkept it. You haven't renewed it. That's also something for the enemy to take advantage of. So not trying to prolong this, but just food for thought. Mm-hmm. For people who put on the armor of God once 25 years ago, mm-hmm. what <clears throat> parts of your armor need to be polished oh lord what parts do you need an entirely new piece of armor to replace the old one sometimes we don't think about it if you haven't changed out of your armor in so many years is it smelly (laughs) is it rotting (laughs) is it even useful anymore did you outgrow it did you (laughs) outgrow We should end on that note. <laughs> amen, amen, amen. Life lesson, food for thought. Uh, I will finish off with a, a few notes from Max Ocado. Be careful. Be very careful. Mm-hmm. Things are almost never what they seem. See that squalling infant in the fly-infested stable? He's actually the creator of the cosmos. 
And when he grows up, this carpenter turned rabbi will say, want to be great? Bend low and wash the feet of others. Mm -hmm. Want to gain everything? You can by giving up everything. Got enemies? Love them. How topsy-turvy this kingdom of Christ. We forgive those who hurt us. We rejoice in suffering. Mm -hmm. We laugh in the face of death. Because not even the deep darkness at Golgotha on Friday afternoon can stop the great celebration at the empty tomb on Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. Spiritual triumph is not a foolish wish. Christians have victory because they serve a risen Savior and coming King. Amen. We are a victorious people through Christ who have called us. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, you have given us the ultimate victory in your death and by your resurrection. You have defeated all of our enemies, sin, death, and the devil himself. Help us to recognize the victory you've given us so we can live as true overcomers. Let us live in your glorious triumph today. We ask in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 May the Lord bless you. Live victorious. Amen. Well, that was excellent. I enjoyed that thoroughly. I hope you did as well. Thank you for joining us, for also participating in the discussion with your comments. We appreciate your input and your participation. And with you, those of you who've been sharing it with your friends and family, thank you very much. We want to get the word out into everyday life and help all of us to grow closer to God. Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate you. We'll be back next week with more CEC. I pray that you would have a victorious rest of your week. Have a good evening.